Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Views from the Zoo podcast. Uh, my name is George Mikulowski. I'm a student at Pitt. I'm a freshman. Would be coming to you from Tower B, but um, I'm back home in Chicago for the break. My partner is Stephen Thompson of the Pitt News. Steve, take it away. Hey, I'm Stephen Thompson. Like George, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Pitt student as well. I'm a junior. Uh, I would as well typically be coming to you from, from luxurious South Oakland, um, but right now I'm recording from uh, my home in Washington, D.C. Yeah, so I'm, at least for the beginning of the year, I'm going to be revolving more about the recruits, uh, recruiting news, the new guys on the team, and Steve's going to be talking more about our older guys, our veterans, because, uh, I mean, he's been in the Oakland Zoo, he's been up in the box, he's seen our guys play, so he knows what he's doing. So uh, first thing to start off, Steve, why don't you give me your uh, projected starting five and, and what you like about each guy? Yeah, so, uh, you know, not much surprises, I think, on mine. I think, uh, obviously, Xavier Johnson uh, is going to gonna lead you from the, from the point guard spot. Then you'll have uh, uh, Ithiel Horton joining him in the backcourt and uh, Adis Tony, Justin Champagne on the wings. And then I think only the one one spot that might be a little bit of a surprise is, is John Hudley, the freshman, uh, at, at that kind of big man center, whatever you want to call it right now in this kind of positionless basketball era. Of course, yeah. And and, and what do you think the chances are that, that we see a guy like Terrell Brown, like with more experience, come in and start, at least for the St. Francis game? You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think, I think the likelihood's pretty low. Uh, you know, thinking about last year, uh, Jared Drum, Jail Drumgool, who was a freshman, um, he got the start on the wing um, and ended up not having a great season. But still, I don't think Jeff Capel has any uh, any fear of starting freshmen, starting young guys. I think he likes youth. I think uh, he's particularly enamored also by Hugley's versatility. I think uh, he's mentioned he and uh, a few players have mentioned a couple times that that Hugley has not just this 6'9", uh, you know, 240-pound frame, but he also has some great skills for a big man. So he's not just strong, but he can pass. He's got a nice jumper, too. So quite honestly, you know, I think Terrell will bring some good experience, but I think there's just kind of too much talent in front of him for him to really uh, carve out as significant a role as he'd seen over the past few years. Of course. And, yeah, speaking on that experience, I mean, overall, we're a really young team. Um, you know, X, Xavier Johnson, I'll probably refer to him as X throughout the podcast. Um, he'll definitely be taking on a leadership role. And uh, that's something that a lot of guys in the media have been asking him about in these press conferences. And it really appears that he's ready. He's ready to take on a bigger role. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's going to take a lot, honestly. Um, I think he, he showed some flashes of being kind of what he actually you know, uh, uh, what his teammate Audis Tony referred to, as, you know, being a floor general, kind of being a complete player. So so not just scoring, but also uh, passing, defending, um, being a vocal leader, rebounding, that kind of thing. Um, I think Johnson showed that he was, he was better fit for that role towards the end of the year last year. And, you know, we'll see if he can kind of take it to another level because he's got aspirations and – I think everyone else has expectations of him that are much higher than where he finished the year last year. Of course. And, and, you know, he mentioned earlier today, actually, I uh, took notice that he was talking about his buddies, uh, Sadiq Bay and Jalen Smith, some guys that just got drafted lottery picks the other day to the NBA. So 
he was talking about those aspirations and, and I mean, I think he can do it. I think he's got the talent. Um, he's just got to put it all together. I mean, our offense, I think we've got a lot of talent out there. We've got a lot of guys that can score. Um, and I think it'll really help with this new guy, Ithiel Horton from Delaware. So, so what do you think you're seeing with him this year? Well, I mean, you need shooting, shooting, shooting from him. That's, that's really why they brought him in. Um, and that's what they're really banking on. Quite frankly, he's really an X factor this season. He shot, about 41%, just under 41% in his one year at Delaware from three. Um, but we, we've honestly seen, we've seen this before. Uh, you know, I hesitate to say, but, you know, Ryan Murphy came in last year with promises of, of a big shooting year and it didn't exactly, you know, he was, he's finally had a decent year, but it didn't exactly live up to, to what we were told about him or his reputation. So, you know, Horton, you've, got a little bit more with him. I think he's a better athlete, more creative scorer. Um, I think a little bit better handle. And he's also a little younger than, than, than Ryan Murphy was. Ryan Murphy, I think, was he was maybe a redshirt senior, redshirt junior. But now you've got Horton coming in. He's only a redshirt sophomore. So not only do you have, I think, a more talented player, but you also have a player that uh, can take some more time to develop under Coach Capel. Of course, yeah. I mean, shooting, that's what, uh, that's what Horton said, to, or that's what Tony said today. Um, in the conference, he said, what does someone asked him, what does uh, Ithiel bring to your team? He loved the experience he gave him in practice last year, but he was he was sure to say, I mean, he can shoot the lights out like we're going to need him bad on the outside. And yeah, last year as a freshman or two years ago, I'm sorry, 79 three point field goals as a freshman at Delaware. So, I mean, he can put the ball in the bucket. We just need to see it on the on the Pete floor. So I'm excited to see him. Yeah. And I think another thing Tony emphasized was how much uh, Horton challenged him in practice. You know, Tony's one of the better defenders on the team, but for him, so for him to say that someone like Horton, you know, really stressed him and really, really pushed him to be better in practice uh, when they were playing against each other is, is not insignificant, I think. Yeah. So you mentioned Tony's defense. Um, I mean, he shot 46 from the field last year, 33% from three. I mean, what else do you see with Tony? What do you think he can provide for the team this year? Well, I think first and foremost, you talked about defense. Um, he's also a really solid rebounder. He, he brings a lot of energy and he does those little things really well. But I think you're also going to see a really growing offensive game from him. Um, you know, he, for his career, he's only averaged about eight and a half points per game, but Last year, down the stretch uh, in conference play, he averaged 11 points, five rebounds uh, on 35% shooting from three over those over those conference games towards the end of the year. So I, I think Adis is really set up for a big year, quite frankly, um, a year where he can help take, come this, take the scoring load off of uh, uh, Justin and, and Xavier um, and really emerge as a two-way threat on this team and one of the team's best players. Yeah, so you mentioned Justin. Last year, a uh, great year. He blew up as a freshman. Tenth in the ACC in returning scoring leaders coming into this year. Uh, he averaged 12.7 points. So, I mean, everyone knows him. I mean, he's going to be a key player for us in his sophomore year. Yeah, and he's in a very uh, similar position to, to where Xavier Johnson was after his freshman year. And this is something that we, we talked with Jeff Capel about earlier uh, last month, I believe, early in the month, I believe. Um, but, you know, Xavier had a big freshman year and he entered his sophomore year with a lot of expectations. Um, 
and you could see towards the beginning of last year that they weighed on him a little bit, that he was really forcing the issues, pushing, he was trying to score, trying to make that nice pass, trying, trying to do everything himself, really. Um, but you saw towards the end of the year, he, he slowed the game down a little bit. Um, he started to realize his role more as a, uh, as a passer, a facilitator first, and someone who could set up opportunities for guys like Champagny and Tony who were, who were having big years, um, and that would in turn open up the game for him. So I, I'm expecting a much more mature Xavier Johnson this year. I know he said he did a lot of maturing last offseason, but I'd, I'd expect even more from him this, uh, entering this season. Yeah, and then uh, to, to round out the starting five, Big John, John Hugley. I mean, I think all Pitt fans have to be so excited to watch him play. Um, you've heard all about him. You've seen his passing ability, his vision, all of his skill, his touch around the rim. I mean, high school film, amazing. Like, he dropped 52 points and 15 rebounds last year, set a school record. So, I mean, he's, he's just a talented big man. He's one of our top recruits in a long time. So, uh, so what else are you seeing in John? Well, I think you also just see a player that Pitt hasn't, you know, a mold of a player, I guess, that, that Pitt hasn't seen in a really long time. Um, one of these really classic, uh, big-bodied, but back-to-the-basket, traditional low-post players, and that's what John is. You know, despite having a lot of other skills, he's still a, a big man in, in every sense of the word. Um, you know, think, think, uh, uh, Dewan Blair, even Steven Adams a little bit, like those guys who were big enough to bang around down, down low in the post on those really tough and gritty old pit basketball teams. I think Jeff Capel really loves his combination of, of grit, toughness, strength, kind of aggressiveness, but also some soft touch around the rim and some good skills too. For sure, for sure. And then, yeah, we talked Terrell Brown a little bit. I mean, we, neither of us really see him starting. Um, he will play a role, though. I mean, he'll be a defense guy. He'll be a glue guy. 6'10", 235, uh, similar size to Hugley at 6'9", 240. Um, but Brown, I mean, he's fourth all-time at Pitt. He has 156 career blocks. So he can get the job done on defense. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. right. you know. I think one thing that he struggled with, though, and struggled to find time with, uh, struggled time to find because of was his relative ineffectiveness on the offensive end. And he's, he's shown some flashes of he's not a, uh, you know, he's not a super talented scorer with the ball in his hands, but uh, he's shown flashes of some athleticism. He can play above the rim a little bit. Um, you know, he's just got to work on those hands and he's got to be a better target for, for Xavier uh, and for, Ethiel Horton, if he wants to kind of compete with not just Hugley, but I think Kareem Koulibaly as well uh, at that at that big man spot. Yeah, what what else you got on Koulibaly? I mean, I don't know much about him. He seems to be in all these videos Pitts posting. I mean, you see him occasionally, but I mean, you see him running with the first team, but you don't see him making these star plays. So what do you think his role is going to be this year? Yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting prospect, I think. Uh, first of all, like a really good person, I think. You know, from why, you know, obviously we, there's a layer of separation between between me and and, this, and the team, but everyone around the program, uh, everyone who's met him, everyone who's talked to him has said that he's, he's a great person. Um, 
from from Mali um, has been playing basketball for a while. Um, I think he only started playing when he was uh, about a teenager, but he does have um, a lot of kind of natural skill. He's got some good touch on the ball. He's got a decent handle for someone his size, and then also some really good footwork too. Um, the one thing uh, is is that he looks a little lost sometimes. I think I mentioned that he hasn't been playing basketball forever, but he does need some time to to get up to speed, I think, uh, the speed of, of ACC Division One college basketball. And I expect, you know, you, you saw it a little bit last year. He showed some flashes, but this will be a big year for him to maybe take some some less uh, – because of the, the better depth they have at his position, he can maybe take a backseat, learn a little bit, slow things down, and, and hopefully kind of get, get the game uh, to come a little more naturally to him. Exactly. And, and you mentioned depth. I mean, that's just something Pitt basketball hasn't seen in a while. And, and this year, and especially the next two, three years, we're going to have some, some depth that is going to be great. It's going to allow everyone to open up, going to allow the offense to work, um, just get some really great team chemistry, which we've heard all about preseason. And uh, a lot of that I've heard is from the new guys. All the older guys in the press conferences always are talking about the swagger, the fun that these new freshmen are bringing to the, to the team. Um, I want to hear what you have to say about the incoming class. What are, what are some things you got to say about Jeffress, uh, Femi, Max, Noah? What have you heard? Yeah. So it, it's a really exciting class. I mean, getting that, that's pretty obvious. Um, the, the only thing I'd say is to temper expectations a little bit. These guys will be definitely bench players, role players. I think they'll definitely see a lot of time. Like I said, I don't think Jeff Capel is afraid of playing young guys, but I think he's going to be very judicious with, with who he plays and when. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about uh, William Jeffress, uh, Noah Collier, Femi Odukale. Um, those are guys that have really, uh, according to players and coaches, have stuck out in practices. Um, you know, Jeffress, first of all, I think – he seems kind of like the most likely guy to, to see a good amount of time um, besides Hugley uh, as far as freshmen go. I think he's, he's, he has a reputation as a really good defender, um, high energy, but he's also really young and thin. He's about 17 years old, um, had to reclass before, before he came to Pitt. Um, I see a lot of uh, similarities between what I expect from his freshman year and what I saw from Adis Tony's freshman year, actually. I think They've got a, a similar build, you know, kind of longer, uh, longer arms, you know, pretty good defenders, stuff like that. Um, but still kind of growing into their their own offensive game. Um, so I think we'll see. I do expect to see a lot more of Jeffers uh, than I'd say uh, Odukale and Collier. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Collier and, and Odukale, just because I think uh, you throw on Jeffers to that wing and backcourt mix and, and there's still – uh, not a ton of minutes left there after that. Yeah, and you, I mean, you mentioned Jeffers is only 17. Um, he's he's going to be the second youngest player in all of Division One this year. Um, he'll become this the youngest ACC player to ever make his debut since Brad Daughtry back in 1982. Uh, the old North Carolina star went on to become the first overall pick in 86. Had a pretty solid NBA career, so so yeah, he's he's really young. I mean, he's older than most freshmen I know. Um, reclassed, made the jump to Pitt. I mean, I'm just really excited to see where he stands freshman year. 
And like you said, I think everyone needs to lower the expectations for all these guys. I mean, we had, what was it, number 22 class in the country last year, number five in the ACC. They're going to be good, but you can't expect them to be stars their freshman year. Um, another guy that I look at kind of on the recruiting side, Max Madison. He, the Irish, the Dublin, Ireland native, he has really been playing a big role in the recruiting game. I mean, he's just a freshman, but I've talked to, I mean, tons of recruits and two guys we're going after right now, Andy Okafor and Silas Sunday, both Irish guys. Uh, they know Max and they brought him up right away when I spoke to them about the pit program. So he's, he's telling them about the program. He's, he's doing whatever he can to help out. Um, and yeah, I think, I think with him having the Irish connection, we could really develop the, uh, the Dublin to pit pipeline. So that, that could be, that could be awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's some precedent for that, for that international flavor. We've, you know, we had, uh, City and Deer was a transfer, but he was from France. Uh, he graduated a couple of years ago, and then uh, Kenny Chukwu, uh, Chuk- yeah, Chukwu, yeah, Kenny Um, he was a uh, a power forward from from Stockholm, Sweden. So there's definitely a, a bit of an international flavor to, to some of these pit basketball teams that we've seen recently. Um, yeah, I mean, you saw the international guys that got drafted the other day. I mean, the, the game's changing, the college game's changing, pros. I mean, it would be awesome for us to, for us to land some of those guys and just, just get the culture, culture going in, in the pit locker. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I'm sure they do like having those uh, Pennsylvania guys, those local guys like Jeffress and, and even Noah Collier is a, is a Pennsylvania guy. But like you said, the game's, game's evolving, and you kind of got to – if you're a guy like Jeff Capel who's looking for – uh, you know, we've, we've seen him recruit. We've seen the guys he's reached out to, the guys he's wanted to get connected with. They're, they're elite guys. They're high-level guys. So uh, I think that just goes to show you that he's going to look all over. He's not hiding. You know, he's, there's not a, a – uh, there's not a fear about going after kind of these big guys, these, these high-level guys, wherever they are for Jess Cable. All right, so now let's talk about uh, Nike Sabande and uh, and what's going on with his waiver. I mean, the possibility that he's going to play, we don't really know. Um, all we know is that literally everyone on Twitter, all the big guys, Rothstein, Billis, uh, Goodman, all these big-time guys are on board with uh, hashtag free Nike. They'd love to see him out on the court for Pitt, and it's just a shame that, that he couldn't get granted the waiver. Yeah, it really is, and uh, particularly because it just makes no sense. I mean, the, there are plenty of instances where people get denied waivers, and but this is just everything. It, this should be the most no-brainer decision for the NCAA possible. Uh, you got a guy who has glowing reviews of people, you know, from his. Uh, from his former school, he's got a son in Pittsburgh that he's trying to get closer to. You know, you've, it's not as if Pitt and Miami of Ohio are competing schools in in the same conference or even nationally, quite honestly. Um, uh, but still, the NCAA can't can't seem to figure this one out, and it's just another it's another it's just another indictment of how uh, have how 
I'm trying to figure out the right word because it's not it's not clueless, but it's just random that this that the transfer and waiver process is. And Jeff Capel has clearly had a ton of frustration with it, as you can imagine. And I wonder, you know, how long is it gonna take before all of these coaches who have had someone who's been affected by the transfer process, how long does it take before they all say something to the NCAA and start to exercise some of their power that they have as figures of the sport? Yeah. And I mean, he, he would just be such a big piece for us this year because he'd be, he'd be a veteran. I mean, he's a scorer. The guys compared him to John Morant the other day, his teammates, um, 1,493 career points at Miami um, scored in double figures 76 times out of his 97 career games. I mean, he's explosive, and I think he could really help us being a, another veteran presence out there with X. And it's just it's just a shame that he can't get out there. But we'll see. I mean, we don't know. We don't know when when it could come in. I mean, some guy from Gonzaga got one today. So uh, I guess there's still time. We'll have to see, though. Definitely, and uh, you know. Uh... Jeff Capel talked about this a couple of days ago, um, but uh, in, in a year where you're playing amidst a pandemic, you're, you're going to need to have some extra bodies. We saw the football team last week had 16 guys out. Um, so everybody helps and, and not having Savande, who's not just a body, but uh, could be a key contributor, just waiting on the bench. That's, that's got to be devastating. I have to imagine. And it makes me, makes you really think about kind of, what this team's potential is with him on the floor. Yeah, so now uh, let's move on to the first week. We've got St. Francis tomorrow, uh, Wednesday the 25th. Game will be at 7 o'clock Eastern time on AT&T Sportsnet, 93.7 The Fan. Um, I mean, what do you see in St. Francis? Doesn't seem like Doesn't seem like the pit players really know much about the opposition tomorrow but uh i mean you can't look over it just seems like a normal normal opener for the year so what do you see in them yeah so we we talked to xavier johnson and Audis tony today who said that they both don't know a whole lot about saint francis um they know that they're a winning program and and, and they're right um so in their ninth year under head coach rob cromel this is I'm not even exaggerating. This is the most successful run of St. Francis basketball since the 1960s. Uh, you know, they, they kind of capped it off with a 22 win season and, and a conference title appearance versus Robert Morris last year um, in the uh, Northeastern conference title game. Uh, but they're really kind of a classic uh, mid-major thorn in your side type team. Uh, they, they shoot three really well. They can offensive rebound. They play really fast. Um, so I think they could give Pitt some trouble. You know, obviously the Panthers should win, but I, I like you said, don't don't count this team out. They've they've got some skill, they've got some experience, and they're kind of well set up. I think to yeah to give the Panthers a game. Yeah, and they uh, they averaged seventy seven point seven points last year, uh, average scoring margin of five point nine. Uh, in the positives. So they finished with a 22 and 10 record, 13 and five in their conference. Like you said, they lost in the Northeastern conference championship game to nearby Robert Morris. Um, and they actually had a game against Richmond uh, where they scored 98 points. The game went into overtime, but 98 points is 98 points. 
and they actually lost that game 100 to 98. So, I mean, they can score. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this game goes, but, but I think Pitt's a safe pick. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. You got anything else you want to, you want to no. add in? Just looking forward to season starting and can't wait to, to see how this game goes. See everyone on the court for the first time. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. And then we got Pitt's got Drexel on Saturday, uh, the 28th Drexel actually today announced that they would not be playing their game against Penn state uh, due to COVID reasons, but, John Rothstein uh, confirmed that the Pitt Drexel game is still on for Saturday. So, I mean, it must have been in the Penn State uh, Penn State locker room that COVID. So, we're looking good for the first week. We'll keep your fingers crossed. We will. And uh, all right, thanks for listening. Uh, That is the first episode of Views from the Zoo. And tune in again. See y'all next time.